Hey there, welcome to the Father and Son Podcast, where my father and I talk about anything that's been on our minds lately. In this week's episode, my father and I will talk about our inability to stay committed to our goals and how we can fix that. Hope you enjoy. Hey Yusuf. Hey Baba. So I've been thinking about what to talk today about and I actually have something I want to talk about. What's that? So it's the start of the new year and I, you know me for the past forever. I set my goals and I think about goals and I think about what I want to achieve and it's just a big part of my life and our life as a family. But one one thing I've think, been thinking about is there are areas of my life where I decide to do things like, for example, programming, and I'll program every day for, or I'll code every day for a couple of months, and then I'll stop for a couple of years. Or I'll decide to get into trading, or get into languages, or get into writing, and I'll do those things for a couple of weeks or a couple of months, and then I'll just stop for a couple of years, and then I'll come back to those same things years later and start from almost the same place. And go through that same process over and over again. And I have, I've done that with languages. I've done that with coding. I've done that with, I've done that with a bunch of different things. And and then there are other things that I'm incredibly consistent at. I've been consistent at running, biking, going to the gym, for example, nutrition, health, wellness for over a decade. Isn't that because that's super important to you? Your your wellness and your and you're going to the gym that isn't that you it's not even that's important to you it's just you enjoy it you don't think the thing with your running and most other people's running is that when i go running i go running actually when i don't go running when somebody goes running usually doing it, oh, i have to get in shape right they're not doing oh, i'm sure there's a lot of people who uh, who love to run but i the vast majority probably don't like to run so you like to run that's probably why you're able to do it you like to run, right? Like, you yeah, enjoy yeah. running? Like I you, love to run. Yeah. Don't you think that's why you're able to? But don't you also love to program? I do love to program. So what's the difference between programming and th- running? Th- that's the thing I, I wanted to help you help me figure out and talk through because I see the, I see you doing the same thing. Yeah. And so, and I'm trying to understand the pattern so that I can stop the pattern yeah. or, or improve the pattern or break the circuit yeah exactly i shall fix the circuit or i thought you meant break the cycle yeah break break the cycle (laughs) so that's that's the idea i wanted to explore because it's something that really frustrates me i i'm good at i'm good at starting something and i'm good at doing certain things for a certain period of time i just and invariably quit them whether like i said like i decided to learn turkish last year yeah and i took a class and I download Duolingo and I did Duolingo for every day for a couple of, you know, about two months. You even did that class in the summer. I, I did a class in the summer and just at the point where I'm ready to go to the next step or to solidify what I've learned, I actually just stop. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I, with me thinking about what I want to do next year and what kind of, you know, what, what do I want to go to the next level at? I want to understand what, why is it that I stopped doing those things. 
You know, if I had, I, I think to myself, if I had continued consistently coding rather than starting and stopping, mm-hmm. I would be a world-class coder today. And if I wrote consistently, I would have published how many books by now? You already published one, right? No. You don't have one book that you... I, thought I, I, wrote, I wrote the manuscript for Ultra Family. Mm-hmm. And I wrote every single day. I don't know if you remember, I hired a... Yeah, yeah, there, that was like a fire. A, a, a book yeah. coach. And I wrote, I wrote 1,000 words every single day. And I edited them the following day. And I rewrote until I finished 80,000 words. And at that point, I stopped. Mm-hmm. And it's... I remember that. I remember that well, yeah. And and I, I I feel like I have a problem with consistency. And it, what I end up doing is, is all of those things, all of those things that stop end up weighing on me. Mm-hmm. And I carry them around in like this book bag of guilt. And I think the reason I bring them back out of the book bag is to make gu- yourself feel better. I, I don't know if it's to make myself feel better or, if, or something happens where I've now sufficiently forgotten and the pain that I went through that I was like, okay, let me do that thing again. Mm-hmm. What, what, what do you think? So from what you just said, I think you have different, I think you have different likes, like d- different levels of liking things at the top is your running and your family, which you love a lot. And it's just easy for you to do. Right. And then there is stuff like programming where I think you like them. You like them, right? You like programming. You like, What's another example other than programming things you start and stop? Getting really into Linux or okay. things like that. Uh, languages. I really spend a lot of time learning Arabic, for example. Two years here. So maybe Arabic. that's the thing, learning. Maybe it's not. Because you're not learning to run, are you? Mm-hmm. Running, you just, you're just running. But when you're programming, you're, not, you're learning to program. You're not learning to program, but you're just understanding it better. So it's kind of learning, right? So maybe that's what it is. Because everything you described is learning not doing so maybe your version is to learning maybe uh, you know maybe it, maybe it is anything having to do with learning but writing is hasn't to do with isn't to do with learning, learning my problem is i feel like i'm just an inconsistent person mm-hmm. i don't have consistency one of the books i've been one of the ideas in the books i've been reading out recently is this notion of having a practice something that you do day in and day out almost act like a professional non-amateur developing a practice that every day you get a little bit better than the day before it's something i think a lot about and ultimately i don't think i have the discipline at least right now in my life to develop these practices and maybe you know as you were as you were, you were talking your mind me of something else maybe in the other things that i stick i stuck with if you think about them the running the biking the swimming uh the fitness, a lot of a lot of it had to do with previously doing an you know registering and doing an Ironman or a half marathon or a marathon or ultra marathon. Maybe having that goal, that scary goal, like at the pressure behind you, because for, with the book, no, you didn't. You, it's not like you had a publisher that was saying if you don't get it out by this time, there's exactly. going to be consequences. So maybe that's why. So, just shifting it to you for a second, you spent a lot of time last year learning to trade yeah and your knowledge you even learned more than me you were talking about you're doing like candlestick uh yeah I'm, yeah chart charts and i don't know and this and technical analysis and what what happened with that 
So what happened with that was we were going strong and then my SATs came up and I had the GEDs as well at the same time. So I ended up just studying a lot for them. And I wasn't like, we, we also we also fell out like me and the, the rest of the class, we all got a little busy. Like the teacher, he got a new job. So he was adjusting to that. I, I was studying other students also had tests. So I think we all thought we were just gonna take two or three weeks off, do our tests, and then come back. And then we did. We after after my, my I did the GED, and then the SAT got canceled because of Corona. And then I kind of like said, "Hey, what's up? Like, can you send us some stocks again, just like to start it?" And he's like, and the teacher was like, "Yeah, sure. It's not. A, it's like it wasn't a big deal." Be like, "Okay, we have to wait. I like I just got the new job, and I have to adjust to that first before we start." And then after that, I, ne I never followed up. So that was my fault. I should have followed up. And we just got cold from there. So I should, after this, actually go talk to him about starting. So I, I just think it was a lot of things happened at once. And we all just forgot about it. Okay. But you, you're really into football these days. Yeah, I am. American football. American football. How come, you don't need, how come you don't lose momentum with that? I'm not. I don't know. Maybe... Because I haven't really actually started playing American football yet. I've just been doing the practices. Like the night, they're not even practices. They're just like stamina sessions. So I haven't. I still haven't really tasted the full like football experience. Yeah. I've only had the like okay, everybody do push-ups now because it's on Zoom because everything's in lockdown, so we can't go to pitches and we can't start. And so maybe that's why. Because in the in the trading, I had the full experience. Like I was actually trading. I was trading in real life, and I was trading like with paper money. So I knew the full. So I, I took the whole thing for granted, because like I like I felt like I was just doing it. But with football, I feel like like I haven't done it yet. Like I really haven't played. Like I haven't played football yet. Like I, all I've been on. I'm on a team, sure, but like I'm still waiting to actually do something with it. Maybe that's why. Maybe when I hope not, but maybe when I actually start playing, maybe it I'll, that'll die out as well. I hope it doesn't. But I guess uh, one thing that. You know, I talked about having a practice, and one thing I think about all the time is, am I going to be consistent with X? Is this podcast, for example, going to run out of steam in two episodes? Yeah. Or are we going to be here in 10 years, you know, and I'm 52 and you're, how old are you going to be in the 10 years? 26. And continuously get better at this and improve and improve, or is this something that's just going to peter out? Yeah. And what I'm hearing from you so far is that, or some of the things I'm picking up on this conversation is, if something breaks the momentum, like your teacher gets a job. Yeah, that's what I think as well with this. If if this if this podcast, I think if... I start traveling again. Yeah, if you start traveling again. Or when I start traveling again, not if. Yeah. When I start traveling again. That's gonna, that's probably going to be a really bad... Like not bad, but that's going to be like a big obstacle. Because you're going to go, say, for two weeks. And it's going to be... I mean, it's possible to do a podcast over Zoom, but it's going to be difficult. And we're going to go for two weeks... And you're going to come back, and the last thing we're going to be thinking about is a podcast. So I feel like maybe then there might be a chance. But we, on, the, on the flip side, we could also stay very focused on it. And then even if you're away in China or wherever you're going to, wherever you're going to go for two weeks, we have set times where we meet every Sunday or every Saturday or whatever, and we actually do it. Even if the sound quality isn't great, but we still keep going. And because if we say, oh, no, we're not going to do it because because the, there might be problems with the Internet connection and the sound quality, we're just going to stop doing it altogether. So there's I think the, it would be better to have 
two or three bad episodes, like connection-wise and network-wise, than just stopping and risking losing the whole flow. Or recording a batch before I leave. Or we could, yeah, that, that could also work. But recording, but that, I don't think that'd be the same thing because if you record, even if we record five before you leave and we just release them, it's still going to be the same effect. Like we're still not going to be doing this every week. We we do it, then we not do it for five weeks and then it'll be hard to get back into it. So even, even if we do release in batches and make a whole lot of them, it still has the same risk of just running out. I think what we need is put systems in place that save us from us. Yeah. Because I think and I believe that you're running my software. Yeah, I am. You're running an updated version of my software and things get hot and cold and we get excited and we get really into things and we don't get into things. And that's something that drives me crazy about me. Mm-hmm. And And for example, your sister doesn't have that. Yeah, she doesn't. She's exactly the opposite of us. She might not. She might not get into things as quickly, or even get understand things as quickly. I feel like we, we have the ability to quickly understand something, get up to speed, and and almost become above average in a thing relatively quickly, and then we, we just lose interest. Whereas she, her ramp up time is much slower, but she'll stay in it for much longer. Yeah, she's still doing this art class. She's still in, into art, you know, three years later, and now, and we're looking at her art. She is. Her art is all around the room. She's actually an artist. And I remember when her and I started together, because we started the classes together, mm-hmm. I was heads and shoulders above her. You know, uh, Even though her, she, her brain is younger and more malleable, I just, what the teacher said... You got it quickly. Yeah, I, I, I intuited very quickly, mm-hmm. whereas she was really, really str- struggling with it. And I, I'm not entirely what sure what happened. I stopped going to art class with her. She continued going. I think you went you went away to America. If I remember. Potentially, yeah, probably that makes sense. And she just kept going and, she, and going. She and so there's something intrinsically in her that's not in us. Yeah. And I feel that you can spend a lifetime just starting things and stopping things without getting really good at anything. Mm-hmm. So how do we fix that? I think it's it's recognizing recognizing the defect and or recognizing the triggers to stopping doing things mm-hmm. and putting like I said compensating controls in place. Mm-hmm. Maybe we're not allowed to plan anything on Sundays at this time, or we can't. We have certain restrictions to ensure that we don't get off off track. There's two parts to it. What are the patterns of thing times we're successful at things? Mm-hmm. So. You are right now going to the gym two, three times a week. You're getting better. You're get... Why is that? Because I have a personal trainer who tells me here, come to the gym. Okay, so let's let's note that. we ha- For the gym, you have outside accountability. Mm-hmm. It's not just me like, okay, let's go to the gym. Because I'm 100%. If it was just me, like there's other people that I know who go to the gym because they love the gym and they're very good at it. Like they're very strong. I don't go to the gym because I love the gym. I really don't like I enjoy going to the gym but if I had to put my passions like on a, on like a list the gym would certainly not be there like if things I enjoy sure but like my passions they won't be the gym so I think that's one of the things that that's why if I started going by myself and I just said okay I'm not I don't need to train anymore because I'm at this level because I honestly think I know enough now to be able to go to the gym by myself and still get a really good workout and you think you'll go no 
I don't, I don't, I think maybe for the f- first two or three times I'd go. And then one Wednesday I'd be like, okay, I'm tired. I'll just go tomorrow because I go Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday. And I'll, and most of the times I'll go Monday, I'll do a good workout. And by Wednesday, I'm still sore, but I still have to go. I'm not going to tell them what I'm still sore. I can't go today. So I'll go Wednesday and then I'll go, and I'll be even more sore on Friday. If it, if it was just me, I would probably just be like, all right, I'll go tomorrow because then I'll be okay. And then when tomorrow comes, I'm still I'm still a little sore. I'll go Friday, and then it'll be like that. And ev- so eventually, we'll just stretch out and stretch out and stretch out until I just stop doing it. Cause that's what happened. That's what happened before with the gym. I used to go by myself. When my friends would go, I'd say, "Sure, I'll go with you." But when it was just me, like I had no interest in going by myself. All right. So the use of code for being consistent so far involves having uh, an external coach or some external accountability that's also why some sorts of homeschooling don't work for me like the homeschooling of me schooling myself really doesn't work but like i work bet i enjoy being with people more but i really work better by myself like when i'm in this class with just a teacher and me I, i i can pick things up much quicker than other people can and but if I'm just teaching myself, I can still pick it up at the same speed, but I won't because I'm just I just won't. I have nobody's forcing me to do it, and I'll just I'll take my time and I'll procrastinate. But when I have a teacher who is staying on top of my like staying on top of me, I I do very well. So I think that's what I, that's basically me with everything, whether it's class, if it's football, it's the gym, it's cooking. If somebody else is expecting me, that's the thing. I don't. I I expect myself to do things, but I won't hold myself accountable. But if somebody else is expecting me to do something or stay on that level, I'll most most probably I'll end up succeeding. But you said so. You need that external force or expectation. Yeah, my internal force is. I don't know if it's not strong enough or it's just not willing to so do it. So you're an extrinsically motivated human being. Yes, very extrinsically motivated. Is there anything that you do because you're intrinsically motivated? I was actually thinking about that the other day. When I cook for myself, when I'm making food that I want, not the other people want, I, I, I sometimes find myself very motivated because I'll see Joshua Wiseman make something and I'll be like, oh, I can make that and I can, pro- I can, I can make that. So I'll go and I'll make it and I'll want it to be perfect because I spent all this time making it that I, at the end I just want it to be really good. And in things like that, I find myself being very motivated. Okay, so that's just while we're on cooking. So in pleasing myself, I can be very motivated, yes. Like in making myself happy. So when you're making yourself, uh, you know, the Wendy's fried chicken sandwich. Popeye's. Popeye's, sorry. The Popeye's fried chicken sandwich. You don't need any extrinsic motivation. No. But when you're making a red velvet cake, it's, it's not for you. It's for somebody else. For somebody, if the cake is, that's the same thing. So I'm doing it for somebody else, not doing it for me. But in that situation, I'm not making a red velvet cake because I want a red velvet cake. I'm making a red velvet cake because somebody asked for one. So it's the same thing as like having a teacher on top of you making you do it. Because I have to make, because it's not like I give these away for free, I sell them. So I have to make sure they're really good. And because there's somebody, I'm not just making them really good because I'm making it, I don't know how to explain it. Like I'm not, I'm making it really good, not for me, I'm making it for them. Because at the end of the day, I don't really like cake, so I don't care. But they care, so I ha- and I'm selling them a product, so I have to make sure it's perfect. So that's what drives me. Okay. Because you know the whole thing about being a cook is you're making it for yourself. It's meant to be perfect, and 
people having it is just a byproduct. You're not making it for them. No. And, and your mother is very much like that. But you, you, and I think me, m- me also, we are motivated by the feedback of others as well. Yeah. Not, so, we, yeah, I, I agree. I think we're both very extrinsically motivated. Yeah, if I was making, if I was making the cake for myself, I'd just make the, I'd just make a cake and then throw some cream cheese frosting on it and go and eat it. Like I wouldn't stack it up and make it super decadent and nice and glossy, but. For other people who are buying something, then yes, I'll do that. And you think does any of this tie to the behaviors we're trying to create? Um, Yes, because I think it can make us not... I think that these behaviors just get us into a bad pattern, a bad groove, where we don't hold ourselves to a certain accountability, like a certain level of quality. So in the end, we just... We end up just doing whatever. And in doing whatever... it kind of just fizzles out like you know what i'm saying like it just it ends up being ends up being more of a um it ends up not being some a labor of love it just ends up being a labor like you're not enjoying it anymore you're just doing it for no reason like for just because you don't you don't know why you're doing it and then we just end up stopping in the book the practice or even even the war war and art by stephen pressfield they talk about writers for example Stephen King I like his books every day he goes at the same time and he writes for four to eight hours every day same place and it is a I don't know if it's a labor of love but or if it's just I'm sure it's not always a labor of love I'm sure he sells them I'm sure a lot of times it's just labor yeah but he and people like him do put they're all and try to perfect it before anybody sees it mm-hmm. whereas i think in a, in a lot of these things that we do we'll just kind of get it out there mm-hmm. and just let them let the market tell us if it's good or not yeah that's yeah, it is. even with this podcast <laughs> even with this podcast you didn't you refused to listen to the first couple of episodes all right, I didn't refuse. I listened to them, but you, I wasn't. You, you I, I was grudging. I, I, I told you you have to listen to them. Yeah. You, know, you have to listen to the product before we send it out. It's not fair to to let the audience be our beta testers, you know, yeah. our, our massive audience of eight. Yeah. I think it's seven, actually. Seven. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure two of those are the same person. <laughs> well, and even, even if we have just six people or five people, taking time out of their life mm-hmm. to listen to us talk for 40 minutes it's we want it to be good and so or we should want it to be good so we're i feel like talking about a lot of things but maybe maybe arriving at some place because mm-hmm. we're talking about we started talking about our inability to be consistent in different things yeah whether it's writing cooking or trading yeah the create creating or learning something languages there's a point at which we we stop so maybe we need something extraneous somebody like a coach to keep to keep us accountable and then from there we went down this whole rabbit hole around are we extrinsically or intrinsically motivated i think they're all linked I yeah think we're all, i think all of them pointed to that we are extrinsically motivated we are not intrinsically motivated yeah and, and do you think that's at the root of all of this yeah because if you think if we were very intrinsically motivated and we were we were pushed by this inner drive that we just had then we wouldn't have any of these problems and we wouldn't have any problems with programming or going to the gym or coding or, or playing football we wouldn't have any of these problems but i think 
we have to we have to eat i don't know if you can, can you become it yeah i'm sure you can become intrinsically motivated we have to try to become intrinsically motivated or we have to figure out ways to keep ourselves extrinsically motivated but stay doing something so we are so the patterns that we've gotten so far is that we are consistent with something yeah. so long as there is some sort of goal mm-hmm. like um, on may 24th i'm gonna be doing a, an iron man for example you are oh. no no for for, for example because i remember when i registered for all of those types of races yeah you haven't talked talk about this talk about how you started getting into races no but that's a i think that's a conversation for another no but that links directly to because you wouldn't have if you wouldn't have started running you wouldn't have done any of that if just because you wanted to you did that because Somebody signed you up and you had to just start doing it. Okay, so those, I would, I would, the races, right? All of this started in 2007, 13 years ago. So I got, someone suggested that I should register for a half Ironman. And it's a long story that is probably for another podcast. But I remember registering for that half marathon and then subsequently registering for a full marathon in you know in edinburgh and then from there half ironman full ironman double all all that kind of ultra marathons when i would register for the for those things my fear of the race themselves kept you kept me consistent kept you waking up at 5 a.m to go exactly kept me waking up at 5 a.m it made me i would i would loathe missing a training session i'd be very scared missing a training session so for that time i became very very consistent mm-hmm. absolutely so i had this fear of this impending goal that actually scared me yeah enough to be consistent and and on top of it i had a coach yeah who was your coach i had different coaches throughout I had iron mike chris uh, i had different coaches throughout sort of my journey to keep me but even with even with the times I didn't have a coach, I still trained. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and the interesting thing is the coaches would put the brakes on how much I trained. Mm-hmm. I would I was so fearful of some of these races that I would overtrain. You're overcompensating. Overcompensating. So talking about a practice, I was overpracticing. Yeah. For I was so scared of the marathon de sob. Yeah. I was so scared of the marathon de sob, and I didn't know how to train for the marathon de sob. And so what, what did I know? I know I knew all of these scary stories about people committing suicide in the, in the Trying desert. Trying to, but they're too dehydrated. Yeah, and their blood coagulated and dogs attacking them. And all of these stories, you know, because people fant- over-fantasize these things. And when they tell the stories of the event, they don't tell you the mundane parts. They just tell yeah. you the crazy, exciting parts. And one day I was, I was on a sand dune and three scorpions attacked me. Yes. They, well, it, yes, stuff like that. And so... I, I, I'm, I'm so scared of this race. So what did I do one day? I took my normal book bag, my rucksack, as they say in England, and I lo- loaded it with a bunch of beans. Beans? Yeah, bags of beans. Okay. And at that time, I had I had read a book called Born to Run, which says we're basically born to run. Mm-hmm. I love that book. And and I said, okay, I shouldn't be I shouldn't be running with uh, normal sneakers, if you remember that book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm born to run, and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm African, so I'm really born to run. <laughs> and so... For those who don't know, but what was the whitest African you've ever seen? And um, That's the book about the Tara Humar, right? Yeah, exactly. And so what I did was, I, went, I decided, okay, here's what I need to run back to back to back. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to run... What do you mean back to back to back? I like? mean, I'm going to run a marathon Friday, Saturday, 
on Sunday. Okay. In Richmond Park. Uh-huh. In the winter when it's really gross. And if I could do that, I'll give myself the confidence. Mm-hmm. I did that using those old Vibram sneakers that yeah, look like, yeah, uh, yeah, look yeah. like uh, gorilla feet. <laughs> yeah. By the third day, I did so much Achilles and tendon damage that I couldn't barely walk for another three weeks. So, yeah, those those extrinsically those events caused me to be consistent and i think what happened in the long term what's interesting now that we're talking is when you're doing things like long monotonous runs bikes swims and things like that you really feel great afterwards yeah you really feel clear and great and happy and ready to tackle the world all your stress sort of melts away for those who 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 do these kinds of races will understand it's not like doing an intense workout i think at one point all of those behaviors just become part of who i am yeah i no longer need a you're faking it until you make it yeah i've made it i've made i I no longer need something extrinsic to make me want to do yeah you're you're doing it just because you like to do it Uh, yeah and i think there's a period of time between when you start doing something and and where it becomes just part of who you are. Mm-hmm. So for me, working out in the gym is something that I love. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's maybe that's the point of all of this. You need a period of time until you reach that point. The point where that behavior is just part of who you are. You're running on a weak bridge over a void. And when you reach the end, you start to love it. But it's very easy to fall in. Okay, hold on. I have to think about that. I'm running over a weak bridge over a void. Uh-huh. And if you fall in... If, if you fall in you're not going to make it to the end. You're not going to love it. But when you, if you do make it to the end, you're going to love it. Okay. So, the, okay. The point is then in all of this is how for you and I, do we get over what, what, what safety nets can we put under that bridge so we don't fall into the void? Mm-hmm. And so what have we said so far? What have you said? Having a coach, having a... Because I don't think setting goals for yourself work. I mean, maybe just for some people works, but I... <laughs> Look at New Year's. It's funny that we're actually talking about this, right? This is the first episode after New Year's. People do all their New Year's goals, right? From Everybody does their New Year's goal, and I'm going to do this this year. And how how long do you give all those before they just stop? Like a month? 92% of people, and I read this on the internet, don't don't reach their don't don't achieve their New Year's resolutions. Yeah. And 8% do. Obviously. So that's because they're saying, okay, now they're just they're, they're not they're not they're, it's not like somebody's telling them, okay you're gonna do this in 2020 they're telling themselves in 2021 i am gonna go run an ultra marathon and but nobody says that they say i want to lose weight okay i'm gonna lose 20 pounds yeah and then that's it they're just okay I'm, that's the only thing in their heads i'm gonna lose 20 pounds and i'm sure a lot of people just like okay now what they have now they have this idea they don't know what to do so it's easy to go cold but I think if you have other people steering you towards goals that that you realize you want, because I'm sure I think you need a sort of like a life coach. You need somebody to remember when we had that barbecue here in our house and you were asking you were asking my friends, like, what do they actually want? And somebody said, I want to make one hundred thousand dollars. And you asked why. And they said, because I want to support my family and whatever, like if my potential family. So you said, 
So it's your goal to make $100,000 to be able to support your family. Remember how that went yeah. until we reached the end? I think it's like that. And then when you reach the end, you realize that's actually what I want. And then that person or someone else needs to push you to that. Okay, so you're saying that you need somebody, you need almost like a coach, a life coach in a sense. Yeah. To keep you accountable on the things you want to do. Yeah. So the way you have Emery as your as your gym, gym coach, coach, your strength coach, you need a coach in other aspects of your life. Yeah. I mean, this is not, of course, this is not for everyone. This is not for Salafa. This is not for other people. This is just for us or people who have problems staying committed. So you think that you it's you don't go from just being extrinsically motivated to being intrinsically motivated. Yeah, we no. just need to know ourselves that we're that we either need some sort of scary race or someone over our head telling us reminding us to do something. Yeah. And there is no converting our software from extrinsic to intrinsic. No, no, there is. But it's gonna take a long time and the and the very nature of being extrinsically motivated, not not the very nature, but being extrinsically motivated means that over time you're just gonna you're just gonna fall out of it. You're not gonna you're not gonna keep going. So you need someone to help you along that path until you cross the bridge, and then you become intrinsically motivated because that now you sort of now you love it. Because when you start, if you had started running, I think, and you're just running for running, I don't think it'll last it very long. So you, since you've been here in Turkey, you started learning Turkish, you started learning calligraphy. Uh, let's take calligraphy for example. That's something where you have to practice every single day. We're yeah. talking about. Arabic calligraphy, which is an art form. Mm -hmm. And you have a local master calligrapher coming to the house and teaching you something that people would say, like, I'd die for something like that. Yeah. that you have an actual master coming to your house to teach you who's developed his own method. Mm -hmm. So that's something that you had an ex external person come to your house. I also didn't. I think the difference there is I didn't want to learn how to do calligraphy. Okay, so in order for you have to want to do something. Yeah, exactly. It's, so what's something that you want to do next year that you just need that external person or that life coach? I want to make $10,000 trading. So your goal is to make $10,000 trading. It wasn't before, but now you're asking. That's something I feel like is attainable if I have someone pushing me. Trading. So yeah. your goal is not to become a great trader. Your, your goal is your goal just so I'm clear to make $10,000 so if I gave you $10,000 right now do you achieve your goal no you'd have to I'd have to make it myself buying and selling stocks starting with how much money with the 700 I have now or let's say $10,700 so just to be complete like to be so you want to take the $700 that you have that's your own money and make it $10,000 yeah for on the subject of goals I feel like that's a perfect a perfectly reasonable goal like I can I can make I, that's I don't think that'd be that hard to do I mean it would be hard, but I don't think it's that unreasonable. Is there anything that you want you feel like is a practice you want to get better and better at every single day? I maybe staying on top of my own personal work. Like, no, that's not what I mean. I mean, a writer seeks to write every single day and get a little bit better. A calligrapher seeks to get a little bit better. Joe Rogan and all of his comedian friends are always writing and listening to what they're doing and trying to get better at it and if you hear you know i, I am not a huge fan of comedy i'm a huge fan fan of the comedic process mm -hmm. the rigor that goes in seinfeld mm -hmm. who is i i personally don't find really that funny i don't either but many people find him funny he's incredibly successful uh, i think he's the most commercially successful uh comedian of all time he writes every single day on yellow notepads every single day 
and he says if he doesn't write two days or three days in a row he'll notice the quality dipping if he doesn't write four days in a row or something like that the audience will notice the quality dipping so th those are all the kind of practices I'm talking about. A photographer takes pictures and tries to constantly get better. A YouTube creator is trying to constantly get better, etc. So there are goals. I think we're conflating two subjects, what the goals are. And, and we should talk about, we should have a whole podcast talking about my goals and your goals and the attainment of goals. I'm talking about that, that, that consistent practice of getting better, learning a language, a craft, being a creator. Is there, does that even factor in your mind? Um, no, not really. I feel like in reaching that goal, I would have, I would already be attaining that. In reaching that goal, I would already have to be doing that. Doing what? Be uh, getting better and better and better. Because if I, if I'm reaching such a lofty goal, uh, do you know the phrase like shoot for, uh, shoot for the stars and you know, like hit land, the clouds or something land, like that? Land, it's, land, yeah. land, exactly. If you start on the land, if you start on land and hit the clouds. So for you, it's all. Or the peg that you hang on, everything is an attainment of a goal. Exactly. Attainment of the goal and what I pick up along the way is a bonus, like a big bonus. So say I make See, it... I'm, I'm the exact opposite. The goal for me is not the end. It's just a means to become a better person. Mm -hmm. But uh, but I wasn't always this way. It was for a long time. It was about the 10000 getting getting the $10,000 or whatever your financial goal is, which is, I think is completely normal and... and uh, I was the same way. So I think what we can learn from all of this is that you and I are very extrinsically motivated. And our development of a practice hinges uh, on us having a goal. Yeah. And that's probably the first part of it. And the second part of it is having somebody to keep us accountable, almost like a coach. So we need a goal and we need a coach. And then you reach a point where, as you said, with that uh, analogy, you cross over that rickety bridge. And, and now you're safe. And now you've adopted, the, you, you, you have those behaviors, you have those. But I'll be, at the same time, it sounds like you've adopted some new good behaviors, but for you to improve and continue improving, the, you, need to, you need to set a new goal. You need to set a new goal from that 10,000 to the 100,000. But I, would, I, think, I think you and I would do that. I don't think we'd stop. I don't know because now I'm thinking about my running. I've plateaued. I'm not getting any faster. I'm not going any further. I'm just running for the. Yeah, I'm just and I'm just running for the sheer enjoyment of it. And there's nothing wrong with that. But it's not like my my splits are getting faster. But you're not trying to improve right now, are you? You're at a point where you're just enjoying it. So I'm just yeah, I'm just in, I'm just enjoying it. And so I I think this is a good place to to stop and finish and. I think we should talk next about since goals are so important to us. Yeah, we should have an episode where we just talk about my goals, my goals for the year. Listen to your goals, take you through my process, and I think that would be useful. Yeah. All right. Let, let's do that next time then. All right. Thanks, Will. Take care. Hey there. Hope you enjoyed today's episode. Next week we're going to be talking about our goals for 2021 and how we're going to achieve them. Hope to see you then.